Hey, we're back. This week's content may be inappropriate for our younger listeners, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Conscious Sedation Podcast. We are your fabulous hosts, your Again. favorite three nurses. <laughs> hey, you're supposed to have like an official like welcome to the show. You just want to start talking, Tosh? Yeah, I have a serious eye roll right now. I'm like, <laughs> they know who we are. Hey, that's okay. We can still say <laughs> hi to the people. I'm Tasha. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. Oh. Tip the great. Tip the great. <laughs> Tip the great. And I'm Wawa. Like, we're gonna do. We're gonna so, do our, oh, uh, also known as this. AKA. Oh, okay. I'm Nurse Ride then. Beyonce. No, no. What was the first shift? What I say I was uh, when I did my intro. Um, hashtag militant sheet. <laughs> yes. Militant sheet. Oh God bless. Militant sheet. <laughs> So I have gotten lots of compliments on our shirts, ladies. Oh, I wore nice. mine to work yesterday, and people were like, "That is so cute!" Super yeah, cute. they like were like, "Where'd you get it from?" So I would turn around, like, and point to the conscious sedation on the back. So mm-hmm. we might get a few requests for for mm-hmm. purchases. So that's cool. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I actually did have a request yesterday. Did you? Mm-hmm. There was one of my estheticians I was talking to was like. You know, you guys got t-shirts and this and that. I was like, yeah, we do. We got them printed for us and this and that. And she goes, are they for sale? And I felt like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, nope, they're not yet. Well, that's said, just stay tuned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to get right into the hashtag, hashtag recap. What do you guys have this week? Last week's shift, let me just say, <laughs> we were kind of out of control. But it was so fun. By we, she means me. Yeah. She okay. Means- All right. All right. <laughs> By we, she meant herself. It was mm-hmm. fun. I got lots of compliments about the show. It was People fun. like really were like, "You guys are crazy." They because liked it. sex brings it out of you. No pun intended. <laughs> I mean, you can't help it but laugh a little bit. <laughs> Sex brings it out of you. Hashtag. <laughs> sex brings it out of you. Hashtag sex brings it forth. Okay. It comes. Cool. It comes. I can't help See. it. You're already uh, Can funny. I do my hashtag? Please do your hashtag. Because I know you guys have really good ones, but I don't want to take anybody. Can I have yours. two? You can have, I have three Yeah, y'all already week, know so what mine I'm is. So, hashtag vulva. Yes. <laughs> which was really funny because we were talking about what the whole female organ is called. It's not a vagina. The vagina is just the opening. The whole organ is a vulva. So, that's yes. one hashtag. And my second one was clickerous. <laughs> Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag, it's not called a clitoris. It's a clitoris. Okay, so let's get that. It's also not a clickosaurus. It's also not a clickosaurus. <laughs> yeah. So that was mine. Was that what yours you too? To? I did have clickosaurus too. Um, my other one was the little G spot. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to the prostate. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. So my hashtag, I have, so I have hashtag foreplay ain't negotiable. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta warm up. Hey, warm it up, Chris. <laughs> I'm about <laughs> And my second one is hashtag DJ screw. Oh. When we were talking about what not to do, what you won't do. What you won't do. To the clickerist. Oh, my clickerist <laughs> is be like a DJ. Wiki, wiki. No. no, no, it is not a turntable. Tasha said, "No, it is not a corn cob. It's not you are a not to be gnawing away at it." What you say? <laughs> it's a no. Hashtag, it's a no. I'm surprised one of y'all didn't say little lips. 
Oh, that was that was my third one. Little yes. lips. Your little lips. Yes. When we were talking about the labia manure, the little lips. Your little, little lips. lips. <laughs> Find your little lips. Right. <laughs> so what's actually funny, and this may or may not be TMI, either way, I don't care. I actually did take a mirror and look at my vulva. Okay. And okay. I was like, look at my little lips. <laughs> <laughs> look at my little lips. <laughs> Like, there they are. So crazy. You got a little closer with yourself. I did. I found my. I look. I told y'all that was you my nursing note. It was. That was it my was. nursing note. Mm-hmm. So you know, hey, get myself together. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right on. It's mine. You practice what you preach. There you go. That's important. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do have some laughter here. Yes, <laughs> probably noticed. Yeah. This is our professional for the week, Lara West. Hello. Do you say hello? hello. Right. <laughs> um, so I just thought it was appropriate at this time to go ahead and introduce you, Lara, since you're kind of giggling along <laughs> oh with my us. <laughs> our shenanigans are real. It's <laughs> Yes. So we welcome you and we'll give you the Hilarious. opportunity in just a sec to introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. We are going to move now into our mindful moment. Yay. Oh, wait, before we do that, I just wanted to open it up to our listeners. If you guys have hashtag recaps from our um, shifts, please email them to us. We would love to know what you guys found really funny or what you wanted us to recap from last week. And our email is getsedated705 at gmail.com. Or they can comment. If they listen mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, yes. they can comment. You can comment the hashtag. Mm-hmm. And we will talk. We'll, if you guys have hashtags, we'll say some of the hashtags that you guys say, too. The yeah, next that'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Just to engage you guys. Our viewer hashtag. Yeah. Listener, Listener hashtags. Right. Listener yeah. hashtags. What y'all mindful of? Um, this week, I'm really mindful of having had five workouts this week. I've drug myself Check back on the bandwagon and decided to eat well. And I bought a new scale. I wanted to throw that line ass thing out the window, but I didn't. <laughs> I kept it. But I'm mindful of motivation, kind of creeping back in the drive to get my body back in order. And I put on a little makeup today. <laughs> Got a little face. <laughs> Showing a little face today. So I'm feeling really pretty. And I'm just mindful of my femininity today and just the power that it takes to get up and keep going and moving forward. What's y'all? You better be snatched. I'm about to be snatched. My sexy is coming all the way back. I can feel her. She's around the corner. She's around the <laughs> river band. Just yes. around the Okay, what you got, Tiff? Oh, um, let's see. What am I mindful of this week? I am mindful of just being able to like push through things and like finish things and do well. Um, I feel like a lot of times you'll just kind of like set yourself in a box of kind of like what you can get done in like a week or a couple days. But sometimes you can really just impress yourself. So Mm -hmm. that is how I am mindful this week. Mm -hmm. Short and simple. Way to finish. This week I am mindful of um, that God is in control. Mm -hmm. And this weather is what has reminded me that God is in control because it is so freaking hot (laughs) outside. So, a little a little history about why I feel this way. My air conditioning in my car went out, like, Ouch. around the beginning of August. But it was starting to cool off. And so I was like, well, cool, I'm going to just wait. I don't really have to get my air conditioning fixed now. I can wait until maybe early spring, get it fixed then, no right. big deal. <laughs> God said, ma'am. Run that truck So in. now I am sweating in places that no woman should ever sweat. And it's not cool. <laughs> So God is in control, and I'm mindful of that. There you go. And I'm going to take my car to get (laughs) that air conditioning fixed. Mindful of the bill you're about to incur. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I get, though. I should have just done it when I first noticed that it was out. That's okay. Yeah, I would have thought like you, like, oh, it's going to get cool. I can wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in there, like, about to die. (laughs) So, Lara, do you have any mind? Are you mindful of anything this week? I try to be mindful a lot. Um, I have a new puppy who's peeing everywhere. So <laughs> I'm trying to be mindful that I'm not a good dog trainer. And I need to get better about helping that puppy figure things out and to not yell at the puppy because when I yell at the puppy, <laughs> then my kid yells at the puppy. Yes. And it's, nobody's happy. Yes. That's right. a good I'm being thing. mindful about not being angry. All right. <laughs> That's always good. It's like dogs will try. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean like my hashtag would be like pee pads? Or- <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Hashtag pee pee pads. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag don't yell at the puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag it's yeah. just a baby. <laughs> Well, good. I just challenge all of our listeners to find something to be mindful of this week. Think on this week about what you could be mindful of, um, because we all have something to be thankful for. We all have something to be mindful of. So just set your intentions on being mindful this week. And we're going to move into our inbox report. So for our inbox inbox report, yeah, it's kind of going to be a (laughs) mashup. When we talk through our topic, um, Lara is going to be giving us some insight about questions and things that we had and things that you guys asked us. So we're going to infuse. This is going to be an, an inbox topic infusion right mm-hmm. now. So we can run on into our topic this week. So we are continuing the conversation about sex. There's lots more to say. I think we talked a lot about you know some introductory things last shift. But, of course, we can have some deeper conversations. And since we have the privilege of having somebody who is actually an expert, (laughs) who actually really might know what they're talking about, (laughs) we are going to let her answer a lot of some of those harder questions that you all were asking us. Lara, if you want to go ahead and just introduce Introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Lara West, and I need to clarify, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a master's level therapist. I practice... um, in a little town called Corydon, Indiana, in southern Indiana, and also in Louisville, Kentucky. I came to this because I worked uh, at an abortion clinic a long time ago, and I found that I could talk to people about sex and reproductive options without being judgmental either way, and I really enjoyed it. And sex is an important thing that people have trouble talking about, and I really like helping people figure out ways to talk about it and I'm kind of goofy and that <laughs> helps people relax and just be about it so oh, cool you had told me too that you <laughs> okay yeah you had told me too that recently you've been working with um, men and anxiety can you speak a little bit about what your work is mm-hmm. in that area also um with my clients I see I see a pretty broad range of people you know, heterosexual couples and um, gay couples. You see a number of transgender clients. And across the board, anxiety seems to be a huge problem for people. I tell people that um, anxiety is not sexy. (laughs) So if you're uh, getting busy with your partner and you're paying more attention to the anxiety in your brain and not paying attention to your partner, then that's not going to be so sexy for anybody. That's a bad mix. Mm-hmm. Men especially seem to have a big problem with that. They get all worried and they get thinking about their, their penis and whether they're going to you know, have uh, any problems with their penis and they start thinking about their penis and they forget about their partner and then it's just not sexy. It's not sexy. <laughs> not sexy. Not sexy. Makes sense how that wouldn't be sexy. So you you just mentioned that you feel like um, sometimes people have a hard time talking about sex. What what do you think, or why do you think mm-hmm. there's such a stigma of around talking about sex? Well, that's interesting. I was talking to my boyfriend about that last night about why it's so difficult, and I think it's because people have a lot of shame tied up in their sexuality, and you know, women especially, we're told we're not supposed to be sexual, or else that makes us bad, or it makes us or whatever mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about it because like say if they're talking with their partners about what they like and they're like hey honey you know I love it when you suck on my elbow and then say the the partner was like oh my god that's disgusting and they run screaming from the room I mean that uh, can cause a lot more shame or that can cause a rift in the relationship or so I mean you're taking a big risk when you are choosing to speak openly and honestly about your own sexuality and your own sexual preferences with your partner. So, yeah, it can be kind of scary. And there's um, a lot wrapped up into it about, you know, masculinity and femininity and spirituality and, you know, your religion that you grew up in when you were a kid and mm-hmm. what your grandmother say if she knew you were talking about this and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So it's a big old ball of complicated mess. Mm-hmm. That's actually true. I was thinking on my way over here, like, oh, my gosh, you know, what if some of the elders in my family listened to last episode, last shift, like, oh, God. (laughs) So you're exactly right that we do consider our history and our relationships that we have with other people and our um, upbringing. That's funny. So how do you 
how do you talk people through that in therapy? I know sometimes there's also a stigma um, around going to therapy, but how do you how do you talk people through yeah. getting kind of over even coming to therapy and then getting through those stigmas? You know, when when people when the first time they come into my office, they usually look petrified. You know, so I offer them some tea or some coffee, or if I'm having some snacks, I'll offer them some snacks too. And you know, they'll see my dog who hopefully isn't peeing anywhere, and <laughs> really make people feel comfortable. <laughs> and you know, they see I'm just a normal person. You know, I'm not some intimidating, you know, whatever kind of person. And, you know, I tell them I appreciate the courage that it takes to come in there and hopefully it's not going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, you know, I crack a lot of dumb jokes and it's okay. And so we talk about all the things that go into why is it difficult to talk about sex with your partner. And I kind of joke that, like, you know, well, if you can't talk to your partner about it, you probably shouldn't be doing it with your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And one guy said that, you know, it, it kind of makes sense to talk to your partner about sex or else you're just kind of... Um, pounding away at each other and you don't really know what everybody likes or doesn't like. Absolutely. So, pounding away. Pleasantly surprised <laughs> that talking about sex with your partner can actually be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what kind of conversation starters would be good for people who may be struggling with communicating about sex with their partner? What kind of things should they talk about? Even before sex, even before you go there, because we talked last shift about the mm-hmm. importance of having conversations about what you like or don't like, what you're into, yeah. what's an absolute no-no for yeah. you. What kind of? How do yeah. you get that conversation started? Yeah. How do you encourage us to get that conversation started? Well, I think it's interesting to you know maybe talk about in your in your sexual history what is the best sex you ever had and mm. why, mm. and really? what was the worst sex you ever had. Hmm. That's kind of yeah. cool. And like, what was your first time like? Was it horrible? Was it scary? Was it kind of like, uh, that? Is that it? You know, <laughs> you talk about you that's know, how it is for most of us. And even even if that's difficult to do, you know, to to talk about the movies that you've seen and you know, like the love scene and whatever movie you thought was really awesome. You know, talk about that. You know, just kind of use what you've already got in your own life if you can. Mm-hmm. That's great. I've never and had that conversation. Yeah, I've never thought about that either. To yeah. ask, we've never thought no. about like what was your best and worst and why. Mm-mm. And then I, I think from that, I would think, okay, would would it be the act that they would come out with or the feelings? And you know, I think most guys don't really dial into the feelings so much so or they Mm -hmm. are vague based on how women communicate you know or they'll say oh the chemistry was just really good and you're like okay so what does that mean Mm -hmm. I think that can be more difficult yeah I've always been really shy to talk about the best that I've ever had because I don't ever want to like offend anybody like I don't ever want you to think that oh if that was my best then now I'm thinking about that person Mm -hmm. you know and so Mm -hmm. I've never wanted to have that conversation about the best but I guess you can glean good information if you know what somebody's best experience was you can certainly glean good Mm -hmm. information from that and kind of learn maybe what things you might want to do to please that your partner Mm -hmm. I never Mm -hmm. thought of it that way so far you said yeah, so, far. so far, right? Add right. That exactly. On there. It's, it's very yeah. important. <laughs> yes, but yeah, me and my boyfriend have definitely had conversations about our um, sexual chemistry, and it's different for him because he's like, you know, re- really, really high libido, and this and that. And mine, I would say, is average. And he's just, he perceives that as it being low, you know. And so I'm like, well, tell me yeah. about a, the last time you were in a relationship where you felt like it was matched. What was it that fair. she, yeah, what was it that happened during that relationship that made you feel like you guys were on the same level? Mm-hmm. And so I think it was harder for him to actually articulate what he said but i was just gonna say Mm -hmm. do you think that like porn has anything to do with kind of how the males feel like we're supposed to be like horny all the time and like ready all the time and all this stuff that's not really realistic i'm trying to understand like where that misconception breeds and comes from well i i think porn definitely can perpetuate that yeah but I also think guys just think that, you know, all guys are horny all the time, so obviously women should too. Mm-hmm. They just think that, you know, 
because I'm this way, everybody else probably should be this way too. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a problem. I mean, I rarely see whose sexuality, whose whose libido matches up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's it's made even worse because when we're first dating, you know, we got that dopamine thing going on, yes. and we can't keep our hands off of each other. Yes. So everybody expects that to continue. But like after, you know, eighteen to twenty-four months. All of a sudden, you know, usually the woman's like, oh, honey, I'm so tired. I just don't. And the guy's like, well, you used to be all over me. And then <laughs> that causes a, a big rift. So that, that being in love phase doesn't last, even though everybody wishes that it does. But it just, it doesn't, or else we would burn each other out as a human race. <laughs> <laughs> we would definitely burn out the little lips. <laughs> little, little lips. Little the little lips would be on fire. <laughs> Do you find yeah. do you find the um, mismatch of like libido? Do you find that to be also true in same sex relationships? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my colleague Jean says our, our sex drive is like our our hunger. You know, we we need to eat and we need to have sex. They're just basic human drives. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I could eat sushi like every day. Every mm-hmm. day I could eat sushi. But I don't expect my partner to want to eat sushi every day. Mm-hmm. So why should sex be any different? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yes. I love so it. The language. Sometimes I talk to people about that. Mm-hmm. What's that? But we were just saying, like, I love it, like that language to make it very plain mm-hmm. and relatable in another aspect mm-hmm. of our lives that everybody can understand. Like, duh, you don't want to eat sushi every day. Or even if you did, you wouldn't think that something was wrong with somebody else if they didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I see that couples, you know, the husband will start to get resentful. I'd say typically the husband, you know, and you're in the in the straight couples that I see. It's usually the, the man who wants sex more often. And, and then he'll start resentful and mean and start to guilt the woman into sex, which also is not sexy. And then she'll start to get resentful. And then it just takes the spiral down into yuckiness. Mm-hmm. So if there's one partner who has a higher libido... That partner needs to seduce the other partner. Hmm. You know, make it worth their while. Don't guilt them and don't, you know, shame them into having more sex. But how do you make them want to have sex with you some more? Seduce me, baby. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So um, let's just change up the conversation. Just a, well, let's let's stay along those lines and let's move to, let's talk a little bit about masturbation. The, <laughs> the, oh, she said the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> that thing we do. That thing we may or, or, don't may, do. Not or do. may not do. Yes. What are the pros and cons? Because I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard that doing it too much can desensitize you during actual sex with a partner because you're kind of always stimulated. You're kind of always working that muscle. <laughs> And so, what do you what do you think? What's your take on it? What are the pros and cons of uh, masturbating? The pros and cons of masturbating. That's a great question. Okay, so the pros of masturbating are getting is getting to know your body. Yes, getting to know what your body likes. You know, just what turns you on. And I think a lot of women, number one, probably don't admit to masturbating, and number two, don't want to actually express to their partners that they know what their body likes because that means that they would have to be masturbating. <laughs> so it's important to know. Know your body. Get your mirrors out, ladies. Look at all those lips down there. <laughs> know your body and what you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the downside to like porn and going back to porn and masturbation is that when you're used to just masturbating or when you're watching porn a lot by yourself, it's all just about you. Mm. You know, what you like, you know, wow. it's, it's not about you and a partner. So when people are masturbating a lot or watching a lot of porn, they forget what it's like to have that interaction with another, like, live human being. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so that can not only desensitize their, their man parts, but it can desensitize them to the, the emotional aspect of thinking about another person as well. Wow. That's a really good point. I like having smart people on the show. I know. It's just, it's also enlightening. And it makes so much sense. 
you know it does make sense <laughs> yeah. yeah cool okay oh, I thought of another upside to porn though I know this isn't part of the question but an upside to pornography is if, if your partner loves porn watch it with them you know so that that way you can learn more of what turns them on what do they like mm-hmm. uh, you can find out what you don't like um, and you can you can use it as a way to kind of bring yourselves together and to know more about each other and you look horrified <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here like porn to me has okay you have to I mean but okay but you bring up a good point and I am a person who in a relationship I'm all about you know doing engaging in what my partner likes regardless of what that is you know it can be sex it can be sports it can be whatever you know they enjoy I'm cool with that but porn is something that it almost disgusts me because it's so it caters to the man it caters to the man and it's just so fake and there's there's nothing sensual about it. You know, the people are not relating to each other on any higher level. It's purely physical, and it, it's just really disgusting to me. So that's why my face was all torn <laughs> up, because I hadn't ever thought about, like, the importance that, you know, that could be important to sit down and watch it with them every once in a while and try to <laughs> not look mortified. There's porn out there. Historically, that's what porn was like, and yet it was awful. Um, but uh, there's a lot of porn being made these days by women for hmm. women. Ooh. That's that's less awful. Yeah, that's really. And there's a lot of like um, social activism porn being made, and like you know your public service announcements kind of porn. Like people use your condoms and Ooh. talk to your partner and know your HIV test and all that stuff. So there's a lot of really good porn being made these days. So. So don't give up. Hashtag Google's good porn. <laughs> yeah. How would you how would one find the good porn? <laughs> how would we go about finding that porn? <laughs> find your local sex expert or your local feminist sex toy shop and go talk to them. Wow. There's a, a, a great site that I go to for a lot of information about um, sex and uh, cancer survivorship, you know, with breast cancer and mm-hmm. things like that. Can I, can I give a plug for people? Sure. sure. Yeah. There's a, a, a site called Spitten Kitten, okay. uh, which I think is a, a great name. And then, like, um, Sheebop, that's a good one, too. So there are a couple online stores that you can call up. Uh, or visit online, and they are just great sources of information, and they can tell you all about really awesome porn options that are not terrible. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then go. part of me, though, wonders if that would be the porn that men enjoy. You know, if you have a man who's been watching porn since the inception of it, <laughs> you know, how will they receive this mm-hmm. shift to where it's a lot less, mm-hmm. not even animalistic so much as it's definitely... Not female. Bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it yeah. perpetuates all the stereotypes about women and men, I think, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And men think that yeah. women love to be pounded to high hell. <laughs> and women don't, you know, or men think that women like to have their clitoris chewed on and they don't. <laughs> but that is something that porn, I feel like, has kind of served up to men and young boys yeah. for so many years that women like it violently or they mm-hmm. like their hair pulled and to be called bitch. Now, I do like and, my hair you know, pulled a little every mm-hmm. once in a while. A okay. Ryan likes some hair <laughs> pulling. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> but, but the way that you're describing it and the way that porn describes it and shows yes. it, no, I'm, I'm just the idea is <laughs> night and day. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, this more <laughs> female-friendly version if men would still be turned on by it, you know. Even if you're watching that bad porn with your sweetie, and uh, you could be like, oh, I like my hair pulled, but not quite like that. And so it could be like a conversation starter. You know? Or you can be like, oh my God, this is the worst porn I've ever seen. Let's see this other one that looks better. Or, you know, it it can just be a conversation starter. And to talk about all those things with your guy... I mean, that's where the communication comes in. So important, like, yeah, okay, we saw all these things on this porn, but it's not, that's not the reality of things, mm-hmm. sweetie. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, he's got a rock hard penis <laughs> watching it. Like, what? You don't like this? You don't like this? <laughs> he's like, so, so you're not interested, or because. I'm again rock and roll. I'm ready. Um, this is what I've been living for my entire life. You, like, you have oh. never been drier in your entire life. You, your vagina is just thirsty. It's thirsty. Yeah, no, it's inverted. <laughs> She's eating herself. Yes. Uh, just call me Sandy. Because <laughs> I'm dry as Cause the I'm desert. dry as the desert. <laughs> Good information, though. Like, I feel like, you know, most of our worst thoughts about stuff is like, but what if this and how I just said, but you have these situations, yada, yada, and the man probably be like, ugh. And for you to say, well, they might have some hair pulling, and that's an opportunity for you to say, okay, I like that, but not like that. It's a conversation starter. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so a a, a tough question um, coming next. (laughs) How do you help... Um, survivors of sexual abuse. How do you help them or talk to them, talk them kind of through their healing process in order to um, begin to have a healthy sexual relationship or a good sex life post a traumatic sexual experience? That is an enormous question, and I I do a lot of that kind of work. So many people have that in their history, and it's so awful. Um, Part of it, like you guys talk about mindfulness, so I talk to them about when you're if you're an abuse survivor and you're with your partner, to be mindful. If this is your partner, you know, hopefully this is a person you love and they love you. And to really tune into your senses about, you know, think about their skin and how their skin feels and how their hair smells and how much you love them. And so to be in the moment and not to kind of flash back to the abuse. And we do a lot of work about the abuse. I do this therapy called EMDR therapy, which is really helpful for trauma. And we talk about, you know, like their wishes for that little kid, you know, that little kid who was hurt. You know, we, I ask them, you know, if they, if they would want that child to have a happy, healthy, empowered sexuality as an adult. And that mm-hmm. seems to help them. And so we, we do a lot of work around all those things. So it's doable. You know, you can, you can become a happy, healthy sexual being even mm-hmm. after some of the stuff that's happened. So it's difficult, but there's hope what about the partner like you know if you are a partner of someone who has experienced um, sexual trauma or sexual abuse albeit in childhood or even in adulthood what advice would you give Mm -hmm. to a partner in terms of helping their partner you know go through that healing process and so that they can have a a good healthy sexual relationship well I talked to them about how you know if if they are a, a healthy, sexually intact person, you know, to, to appreciate that, that they're lucky, you know, that a lot of people don't get to have a good relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. So if they like mm-hmm. sex and they enjoy it and it's happy, yay, good for them. Right. And then I make another food sort of metaphor. You know, growing up in Corydon, we had terrible Chinese restaurants. Okay, so say my first Chinese restaurant experience, I got sick as a dog. I would probably never want to go back to a Chinese restaurant, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine that with, with sex, you know, having your first sexual experience be awful mm-hmm. and bad and, you know, rock your world. Why would you want to do it ever again? Right. <laughs> you know, so that can kind of help them. To understand, understand more, but you know, yeah, okay. a lot of a lot of helping the, the partner understand too. That's good. That's good. I'm sure we have some listeners who yeah. that is their narrative. So I just wanted to make sure we spoke to that a little bit because we can't talk about sex without talking about that part. It's it's a heavy conversation, but it's, I think it's very important yeah. and very important work that you do to help people to yeah. heal. So yeah. So thank you. Yes, thank you for yeah. doing that work. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so what about what, what about children? So, you know, as parents, I'm a mom, which the listeners know, but you may not have known. I'm a mom, and so I have daughters. So, what do you what do you how do you encourage parents to start to have you know the birds and the bees conversation mm-hmm. with their with their little ones? When should that start, um, and what kind of language should you use? Okay, that's a great question too. Uh, I've got a nine year old daughter. That poor thing. Um, <laughs> um, 
we were in the car listening to the radio and there's some song on it and she's like what's that song about mom and I said I think it's about sex honey and she's like mom not everything is about sex <laughs> and you're like uh. and I said, yeah I kind of is but kids will ask you you know when they want to know something they'll ask you so from the first time they ask you about stuff just tell them you know, when they're little kids, just make it short and sweet. doesn't have to be any big deal. They don't care. They'll be like, okay, penis, vagina, all right, I'm going to go play outside now. You know, right. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Make it part of the conversation. I mean, you probably want your children to grow up happy, happy, healthy, sexually, right? And of so course. don't make it a big thing. And they'll ask, they'll ask you when they're ready. Yeah. And, oh, and the other thing is, uh, if you don't talk to your kids about sex, where are they going to find out? They're going to find out online. They're going to find out from their friends at right. school. Mm. Is that who you want them to learn about sex from? So you you want to be the one in charge of teaching them, you know, the fundamentals about sex, but also about your values and your morals and what do you expect of them and what what do you want for them sexually really when they grow up and just, just talk to them about that. Yeah, it's, just, it's normal. It's a part of life. So it should be normal conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should. Should yeah. be the operative yeah. word. Should be. Should but you know, if we go back to the place of um, releasing ourselves from that shame that we hold for, within ourselves mm-hmm. about our own sexuality, mm-hmm. then we can be, it'll, you know, we heal from that and then we don't pass that on to our children because then we can have open conversations about yeah. sex with our children. So heal thyself mm-hmm. and then yeah. you don't pass that stuff down. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Tiff? Yeah. Yeah. I had a question kind of about, I think we briefly touched on, like, how religion kind of plays into sexuality and things like that. Um, Do you think religion is something that holds people back from discussing sexual things, or is it something that can, can be liberating once they kind of find themselves almost? Well, there seems to be, like, just in my, you know, I grew up in the Methodist church, but whatever. I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> I'm sort of somewhere in between Buddhism and atheism, I guess. I don't know what that makes me, but in the, in the stuff about the A Buddhist. I was like, a Buddhist. We are like, a Buddhist. A Buddhist. Sorry, go ahead. There seems to be, like, two groups of thought about religion and sexuality like one is you know sex is bad you're gonna go to hell you're gonna die your partner's gonna die you know it's all really really bad so don't ever do it but save it for the one you love and that you're married to so that doesn't make any sense right um but then there's another school where you know our sexuality is a god-given gift and to, to honor that and to not exploit it and to, you know, honor it as uh, like a, a, a spiritual tool to bring you closer to your partner and, and things like that. So, I mean, I think people really can fall into both groups or anywhere in between. Uh, it just, I think it has a lot to do with shame in your own relationship with, with God or whoever in your church. And is your church kind of shame-based because... That's not going to be helpful. Um, but, yeah, I think it could really kind of go either way. But I talked to a lot of a lot of um, queer folks who will never set foot in a church ever again because of the messages they got when they were children or because of the way their family was treated by their church when they came out or whatever. So I think, I think organized religion has done a lot of damage to a lot of people who really want to be a part of a religious community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been so damaging that they're not ever going to go back. Yeah. It's too bad. Yes. Yeah. I call that church hurt. Okay, so... What's coming next? A lot. Uh-oh. <laughs> this, <laughs> is <laughs> big, this is the big one. <laughs> if you have a, an Uh-oh. adult <laughs> beverage, take a sip now. <laughs> a lot of our listeners... But this is bigger than masturbation and church. Wait, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is what, what she say? Bigger, bigger than, than masturbation and church. <laughs> Yes. A lot of our listeners are very curious so about anal sex. And so we uh-huh. want yeah, we want to know health-wise and 
um, I know, like, me personally, I know <laughs> a couple of women who love it to the point where they're like, they never uh-huh. have to have vaginal sex again. They are totally cool with anal sex. <laughs> so we just wanted to know your thoughts about it. We had no answers. Like, we, you know, we're, again, we're not experts, okay? <laughs> So we just wanted to know your take, any tips you may have for people who, if your partner wants to engage in that and you, you know, may want to try it or just your thoughts, Lara. <laughs> I, I think it really comes down to what your body likes and doesn't like. You know, if you like it and it makes you happy, great. Knock yourself out. If you like it but your partner doesn't like it, then your partner doesn't like it. Okay. Right. You don't want to force anything on somebody that they don't want. Even, you know, if you like anal sex and your partner does not, there are other ways that you can kind of address your desire, but you're not forcing it on your partner. So maybe you can talk about it. Maybe you can, you know, fantasize about it. Maybe you can watch them porn about it so that you're still sort of meeting that need, but you're not forcing your partner to do anything they don't want to do. If you are going to try it, Go slowly, use lots of lube, Mm -hmm. no pressure, be nice and gentle and slow, and just be good to your body, listen to your body. If you're not into it, don't do it. You know, if something hurts, don't do it. But there are ways to explore that aspect if you want to. But again, if your partner doesn't want to do it, don't do it. But it does mean you have to shut that part of your life out. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, wh- wh- I, we find that a lot of women, even though, you know, I know a few women who really, really enjoy it. I know more women who mm-hmm. don't aren't even willing to try. And so do you have any insight about mm-hmm. why, you know, we as women may be a little bit reluctant to try it? I mean, besides the fact that it's an exit. Yes, I think it's about poop. It's about poop. You know, we just don't <laughs> want to talk about that. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's just not sexy at all. You know, there's nothing. It's just not no, just no thank you. And I, I think that has a lot to do with it. And. You know, some bodies like it, some bodies don't, and it's not good or bad. Right. It just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some people like their ears nibbled on, and some people don't. It's just what your body likes. It's just a thing. I'd say try it. See what you think. You might surprise yourself, and you might totally be like, yeah, I told you I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this was a shitty idea. Literally. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> And like in a comical context, what is it about it that women enjoy? Because we talked last shift about how men have, you know, their little G-spot right there. But what is it for women that brings pleasure? For some people, it's just pleasing. It's just pleasing. You know, it's close to other parts of your body that have lots of nerve endings, and there's a ton of nerve endings down there anyway. Yes. So maybe just, you know, how your body is particularly situated, it might be really amazing. Okay. I think my biggest issue with it, though, is that men are always like, yeah, let's go. What's the problem? But if you even suggest for a moment that I'm going to stick my little knuckle close to your anus, they're like, oh, that's gay. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, you right, having sex right. with another man is gay. <laughs> but, but me sticking my but finger. Why <laughs> is it that you think I should be like perfectly fine and through the roof <laughs> about the idea of you? I mean, like I've had painful poops. What are you talking about? I think that's my biggest uh-huh. gripe about it. Like to be completely transparent and honest. Don't ask me to do anything you're not willing to endure yourself. <laughs> endure. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is the way I feel about it. <laughs> this is just Tasha speaking for Tasha. I'm not judging anybody else, but as it pertains to my exit wound, for me myself personally. <laughs> As it pertains to me and my poop shoot, (laughs) business is closed, baby. Business is closed? No, it's a wrap. I'm not, no, I'm not interested in any way, shape, or form. And if you must do that, 
to, you know, have a good time with me or derive pleasure, I'm not your girl. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I that's think right. that's the biggest issue for me. Men will be like, eh, no, <laughs> no. Like, but you have a prostate and like, you know, uh-huh. it's scientifically proven that <laughs> this is going to derive like this may make you come harder than you ever came in your entire life. And they're like, Mm-mm, no. I'm like, okay. But but can I do well, you? Okay, no. so God bless my boyfriend. Okay, he's um <laughs> he's a guy. You know, he's a guy. He works in a factory, and he said he was talking to one of his factory buddies who went to his urologist, and they did the um prostate the, exam, the, the prostate thing, mm-hmm. and he said his buddy had the hardest orgasm he ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what they yeah, say. And just some other you know just factory. Guy, and uh, yeah, so maybe you can uh, tell your guy that, and but see, then it will up the ante. He would be like, Hey, you did me, girl. Now it's time to do you. Disclaimer let's go ahead and throw a disclaimer out here when you guys try anal sex, women, it's very important if you're going to try it that you wash the penis off or put a new condom on before mm-hmm. you insert it back into the vagina. Yeah. yeah. Just so that you don't mm-hmm. end up with yeah. poop mm-hmm. in your vagina. A little bit of nurse's new. <laughs> That's a little, little, nurse's little bit of nurse's new. <laughs> you don't want a bacterial infection. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. From fecal matter. From yes. fecal matter. No, you your... do not. That is not mm-hmm. sexy either. That is not mm-hmm. sexy. Mm-hmm. No, and it stinks. Stinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no. A hard one. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, long-term relationships. We kind of talked a little bit about communication and how the fire kind of burns out. You stop, you know, wanting to have your paws all over each other. What tips do you give for people to keep the fire burning? Like, I know people who've been married for 35 years, longer than that. Mm-hmm. How do how do, you, how do women, especially? Well, that goes back to being mindful, too. You gotta you you gotta be mindful, and I call it like um, when you're first dating. That's like bottom up um, attraction, right? Like your genitals are on fire, mm-hmm. so they're kind of calling the shot. That's right. You're like, oh my god, I gotta sleep with you. But after <laughs> that gets over and done with, then it's like top down sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like in your brain, you have to think this is the person I love. I want to build a life with this person. Um, so I'm going to mindfully try to get them into bed and you know you think about how you appreciate them how you love them how you like that one little shirt that they wear and they look so cute in those jeans mm-hmm. and so you you use your brain more mm-hmm. in your sexuality mm-hmm. and like the stupid plan I have in my office that I have to water every week right I can't just water it once and be done with it you have to water it it's like maintenance you sex helps maintain a relationship it helps foster um you know, closeness and intimacy, and hopefully you can have fun doing it, and hopefully you can can make your relationship better. But you have to you have to be mindful about it, and you have to decide that you're going to put time and energy and effort and make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you can't just keep waiting for spontaneous sex to happen? Do you mm-hmm. feel like okay? So two questions or a two part question. The first part is: Do you feel like men have a more difficult time being mindful? after you know years go by or months go by and then the second part is um, when we think about gender roles I feel like a lot of times women um, are kind of waiting for the man to kind of be romantic or you know make the first move initiate sex or be the aggressor what can women do when Mm -hmm. we're used to being the submissive party especially sexually what what can we do to kind of be mindful and initiate sex okay I think it's good to answer the second part of your I think it's good to kind of know like who who's more comfortable initiating, um, who usually does it, and maybe it's just a matter of skill set. Maybe the more dominant partner, maybe they're just better at initiating, and maybe the more passive partner is just like, well, I know they're gonna hit on me here soon, and maybe they don't feel comfortable initiating. That's me. I'm gonna eat dinner now. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Oh, you didn't, you didn't know that this meant I was ready. Oh. Little, my hand on your thigh. You didn't get that in the hey. mouth. You didn't see that. I told you. Facts. That has, that is me. Yes, I'll I am like, too. <laughs> Tiffany, so those 
you all missing? who cannot see, <laughs> Tiffany put her hand on my shoulder. I'm sorry. I'm like, stop yelling. <laughs> she put her hand on my shoulder. <laughs> Just a light And little. looked at me. And that was her. That was her initiation. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely and facts, that's though. Because, you know, I, I worked with a couple, and they're like, she never puts the moves on me. And she's like, I do all the time. And he's like, how? And. She's like, well, when I put my hand on your leg, and he's like, I just thought you were being like affectionate. affectionate. Mm-hmm. So he had missed yes. every single time she put the moves on him. Exactly. So yeah. So um, you, that is funny. That's I think as women we need to be a little more explicit. Okay. Like if you're gonna just put your hand on her shoulder. <laughs> to look her in the eye and be like, I want to take you to bed. Oh, honey, can I get you some more water or something? You know, that doesn't, that can mean a lot of different things. So women need to be true. more explicit. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Classic. Because men sometimes, I mean, I've had men sit on my couch and just look at me like, like helpless puppies and they're like, I just want her to tell me what to do. And women will say, oh, I need more communication, but what does that mean? What does that mean? Be explicit, be specific. Yes. So okay. men being mindful, the first part of your question, I, I think it's the women who forget to be mindful because, you know, we've got kids and dishes and homework and dinner and groceries, and plus we have to be on top of our jobs, and then we have to do brownings for the bake sale tomorrow and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. And typically, the, they're, we're tired. <laughs> we're just we're tired by the end of the day. And when we consider that the average sex act takes like twenty minutes, you know, come on, we can get twenty minutes for the health of our our relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think usually men are just like, I just want to have sex, like any time, all the time. It'll be fine. Just I just I just, just want to have done. sex. And <laughs> I see so many men who just want to have sex with their wives. Mm-hmm. They just they just they love their wives. They love her body. They don't care. She doesn't look like she's eighteen anymore. They just want to be with their wives, and their wives are like, I am so tired. Mm-hmm. And so we need to figure out a way to come together better. That was another question, too, that mm-hmm. came up a lot about um, postpartum and having sex for women mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. decreased libido or not having a desire at all after having a baby. And one of my um, mm-hmm. coworkers who talked to me was saying that there was simple things that happened that nobody ever talked about. Like, you know, she would laugh and pee on herself because she had had this baby and nobody talked about the, you know, lack of control. And then she was breastfeeding and she felt like she smelled like milk all the time and just didn't really feel desirable or, you know, and certainly didn't desire. And it got to a point where she was avoiding it at every Past. So, do you have any insight um, in that regard when you're talking postpartum and your hormones are everywhere, but not in the direction of being touched by your mate? How do you make it through that? That's a good question. I mean, if you've got postpartum depression, you know, you might think about asking your doctor about antidepressants. But, of course, most antidepressants will also have a, the decreased libido side mm-hmm. effect, which mm-hmm. sucks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and your body is big you know like you're lactating and you kind of feel like a cow and you don't like your body and you're busy you know trying to make this little being survive the day and plus being breastfeeding you know you guys can talk about this you got the prolactin which also yes. I think usually helps decrease it libido does. doesn't it it does kind Absolutely. of like your body's natural birth mm-hmm. control yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it is yeah so if you're just not into having sex with your partner then find other ways to be intimate. Find other ways to reassure your partner that you you do love them and you do find them attractive because a lot of this is about your partner needs to know that you still love them and find them sexually desirable, even if you can't quite think about having sex, but to, to reassure them and find other ways to, to connect and, and to be intimate. And hopefully through those activities where you increase the intimacy and the assurance and the support, then hopefully that'll help you find your libido again. But yeah, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And even like in the face of not having postpartum depression, I think it's important to know that this is a normal sort of phenomenon. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's not something oh, that's yeah. abnormal that happens. 
It happens to most women and people by virtue of not talking about sex, period, then don't discuss this Mm -hmm. aspect of it. And so, you know, you're not alone or just kind of free floating out there. You're not by yourself. Definitely. I can attest to um, just I always say after I had my babies, I felt like it took me about two years to even just start feeling like myself again, not even just sexually, just feeling like Ryan. And so, you know, that, of course, sex is intertwined. Yeah, like a normal person. So sex is certainly intertwined in that. And um, it's very true. It's very normal, like you said. So, you know, we should start talking about it a lot more and and letting women know prenatally that this is something that could happen. Now, Mm -hmm. I do know women who, after they had a baby, they felt like a freaking goddess. And they were like, I am woman, hear me roar. And they felt really sexy about having just pushed the baby out and how their body, that made them feel sexy, you know, um, that they were able to carry a baby and push a baby out and they just felt really beautiful. Um, so I do know some women who have a really high sex drive too. Yes, yes. So it can go either way. But I do think more often than not, it's it's on the low side. The libido's on the low side, yeah. Well, and you're sleep deprived. I mean, you're you're just you're so <laughs> sleep deprived, and that just has such an impact on everything. And yeah, it's I, you know, a big part of my job is to just normalize a lot of, of stuff about sex. And you know, because we don't talk about it, a lot of the culture, people are just kind of locked up in their own heads about, am I normal? Am I not normal? Everybody else seems to be having great sex all the time, and I'm not. And so a lot of it is just about normalization, about, yeah, what you're doing is probably pretty average. Mm-hmm. Well, any last thoughts or last questions? You said no. I, no, I was just going to say I've truly enjoyed, like, being able to talk to you about some things. And I've learned a lot. I don't yeah, know about you guys, but I'm so time. grateful to be able to have the conversation and then have someone who can talk about it in a way that makes me comfortable, doesn't make me make me squirm or anything like that. So thank you so much. Definitely thank you for your perspective. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's always thank nice to... Thank you. It's so much fun to be on here. <laughs> Good. I was just going to say, it's, it's always nice to be able to, you know, take your everyday lenses off and look through a new lens and get a new perspective like you were saying and then the language you use you're right you do I can see how you would make people really comfortable Mm -hmm. to talk to you about sex because you are very relatable Mm -hmm. and you just use plain language which is very helpful for everyday folks half the battle yeah Yeah. 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 any closing remarks for you my I I asked my boyfriend if there's anything he wanted me to kind of bring up on the show and um, you know, I think one of the questions was about oral sex, maybe that you emailed me oh, yeah. last night, maybe, and, mm-hmm. and he said that he, he wanted people to know that when women are going down on men, or even when men are going down on men, to don't forget about the balls. Okay, uh, all right, very good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell him thank you very much. <laughs> I so appreciate that he wanted to give his two cents. Literally. Yeah. Just a little tip. Just a little tidbit. We appreciate yeah, we that. We do appreciate it. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, that's well, going to... thank you, ladies, for having me on your show. It was fun. Man, thank you so much. Thank you for much. coming. Yes. yes. Your willingness and just the energy that you brought, it, it's refreshing. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. Bye, okay. guys. Bye. Bye. That was really cool. I really did appreciate her coming on the show. Thanks again, Lara, <laughs> for coming um, to talk to us about sex. Sex. Come on, awesome. now. You were supposed to go with <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, I'll be like, sex. Oh, I, like, I mean, y'all have to. You could y'all was both hired, so I was like, yeah, I can't. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we are going to um, bypass the nurse's note this week. We don't have a specific nurse's note. We feel like Lara gave us lots of good information that the entire topic, the entire conversation was one great, big, hard nurse's note. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, it was real girthy. Hard. That should have been a hashtag. Thick. Girth. Because you talked about the girth. <laughs> <laughs> I did talk about girth. Yes. And does size matter. Yes. That's so funny. That is funny. All right. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Language class. You miss your cues. Hey, I know Mm -hmm. my cues sometimes. (laughs) I miss these sex, sex, sex. But we got got the cue. What is our language language lacerations this week, Tish Tosh? 
something that y'all talk about a lot well maybe not a lot but when you try to sound all hoity-toity like pinkies out you'll say something like sphincter sphincter are you trying to say inspector <laughs> or, or what is a sphincter is it I, actually it's i feel like there is a word maybe it's like not. it's the sphinx Maybe. In Egypt, maybe is what sphincter, but it's wrong though when you're talking about <laughs> whatever it is. If you're talking about the muscle the mm-hmm. that is um, around your rectum and your anus, it is not a sphincter. What is it, Tiff? Sphincter. Say it again for the people. Sphincter. Sphincter. It's almost like S S F F. Sphincter. Sphincter. Like an English language, you know, like. PH is like phone, you don't say, you know, poem. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the poem. <laughs> Maybe they just don't know how to spell sphincter. Sphincter. Yeah. They gotta Spinkter. know it. There's a P there because they say PH. I'm just saying, maybe they think the H is silent? I don't know. Finker. Anyway. Sphinker. <laughs> it's wrong. It's sphincter. Sphincter. Yeah. So don't say sphincter anymore. Slow wine. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. I told y'all I was Drive feeling low. pretty today. Drive it low. Hey. All right. Next shift, we are talking about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about sex. sex. Yeah, we still on it. So next y'all week, like it. y'all really and you love it and you want some more of it. And listen, y'all were lit on social media this week. Yeah, I was kind of super excited. It was so fun. Although the little G spot didn't get that much traffic. Yeah, (laughs) it got like eight or nine likes. Everybody's like, "Wait a minute, how we go from like fifty likes to Mm -mm. five? Mm -mm. Y'all was y'all was was real. But on Facebook, y'all let us know. Right, yeah. That y'all were not about that life. Yeah. Yeah. And we respect it. Lara told us to respect it. Somebody's just don't like it. Somebody's. Yeah. And she was, yeah, she said, be okay with it. I really appreciated she, the analogy of the food thing. Like, I could do eat that every day, but, you know, I don't expect my to. partner to be on like that. But she did say, try it now. Um, so next <laughs> week, we're slowly with lots of lube. Lots of lube. <laughs> So next week, I, my mind knows that my body doesn't like it already. I um, told you, I don't. Ass that's the one thing I don't hurt. have to try, like you know, jumping off a bridge or something. My body knows, okay. like mm, that's, that's just not no, it's not in my catalog. So um, next week we're gonna have the male's perspective. Ooh, and, I'm nervous oh, as my hell. Goodness, I'm gonna be in here nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, a really good friend of mine will be coming on the show, and he is funny as hell. He is honest. He is articulate, and he's very intelligent and can get the point across without being vulgar. And I think, Ryan, that may be your biggest anxiety. Yeah, because men are nasty. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> Women are nasty, too. We just put a little bow on our nasty. That's true. So It's pretty nasty. And men just... <laughs> no. Oh. They can't be like, oh, my junk, you know, whatever. They'll be like, my dick. And that's it. But so, yeah, we're really excited to get the male's perspective next week. Mm-hmm. We felt like it just wasn't right. We could not, you know, round out the conversation without having a male voice. No. On it wouldn't the be complete. Yeah. We wouldn't yeah. be complete without the male perspective. Yeah. Although we do appreciate Lara's boyfriend telling us not yes. to forget the balls. <laughs> yes. 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 Very integral part. Do not Very forget the balls. Also a part of the their male sex organs. And so I just would like to know, put a pin to remember to ask um, our male guest next week mm-hmm. what exactly to do with the balls. Because I know they're super sensitive, right? So you're not supposed to be all... You shouldn't DJ screw the balls either, right? Like we said, to not chew on the clitoris. Yeah, so I want to know what, what, what's pleasurable for the balls. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be happy to let us know. I'll be interested to find out. Mm-hmm. Where can they find us on social media? Yeah, I'm about to put. The, I'm about to plug us, girl. Let go. All right. So you all, of course, I've already given you our email um, address. If you have questions for us. Um, you can email us at getsedated705, that's G-E-T, 
S-E-D-A-T-E-D 705 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Get Sedated 705. On Instagram, we are conscious underscore sedation. Please hit us up, like us, share us, comment on our posts. We are trying to inter- engage with you all and interact with you all on social media. Shout out to everybody who engaged with us this week. Yes, it was super it was, fun to have, was, yeah. um, you know, so our listeners feedback. to, yeah, really engage mm-hmm. with us on social media. Um, and so, you know, when you listen to our podcast, we are on iTunes, mm-hmm. SoundCloud. Out, subscribe, give us five stars and leave yes. us a comment or review mm-hmm. that um, builds our audience and gets us kind of shuffled through people's suggestions um, when they are subscribing to other podcasts. So definitely do that. And you can comment on SoundCloud. So if there's at any point in the show that you're listening and you're like, oh, my God, they were on one. You can send us that message right there and be like, y'all were on one right here. Like, for real. This was really good. This fed my soul. This fed my spirit. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the hashtag recaps. Put that on there too. Mm-hmm. I can't. I want to do some listener hashtags. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be, be fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's all we got for y'all today. I hope you guys got as much from it as we did. Again, thank you. Shout out to Lara for coming on the show, giving us Lara. some food for our sexual souls. Yeah. And that's all we got. Yeah. We're about to get up out of here. Peace. Peace out. Bye.